Well, hello there, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me today for Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm here live every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we offer you a replay, by the way, at KKNW on Friday mornings. And if you're on the Pacific Coast, that's 6 a.m. So a great way to start your day. And if you're on the Eastern Coast, still a great way to start your day as on your way to work or finishing up at the gym. And that would be 9 a.m. on the Eastern Coast. Story You Talk Radio is all about the stories you live by. And it's also about how your own personal story unfolds every single day of your life. Your personal story is always taking you to the next place. And I help you write your story. I help you even speak about your story. And I help you live the best story you can. That's my whole mission right here. If you stick with me long enough, And if you are serious about writing, I will help you say the right words in the right way and at the right time. A friend of mine said the other day, you know, you're like a word connoisseur. And I thought, ooh, I think that's becoming my new official title besides radio show host and and, uh, teacher and writer. I think I like word connoisseur. I was uh, also messing with the idea that maybe I could be a story designer. Don't these sound like really nice titles? Maybe I should even get a t-shirt and have it printed on there. But I hope that gives you an idea of what I'm up to here. I work with people that love storytelling. And people either love it because it's part of their professional world or they love it because they see it all the time in their own personal world. One of my listeners, Tim, I know he listens because he loves how stories are played out among his big family, and he has a big family. And he loves watching, you know, all the character, oh, I almost said dramas that sometimes that insinuates something big and, and nasty. That's not what I meant, but you know how we have the own, our own plots to our, our stories and how one sister plays off another brother and how one uncle plays off of one grandkid and all of the fun things that happen. I mean, that's, that's one way to look at story is how it exists at family level. But another way to look at story is how do stories play out at work? What plots are going on at work? My brother and and I used to have this running joke about uh, the, the movie Office Space and the different characters that sat in cubicles. One guy was the hoarder of the stapler. Another guy was always mad at the copy machine. I could really relate to that guy. And when we watch stories around work, we we identify with our own lives. We're also always involved in 
movies and theaters and TV and politics and all of the things going on in the world. And we see stories playing out there as well as the story that we show up in. And then get this, there's there's also that internal world, that story that only you know, because it goes on in your mind and and in your heart, it goes on inside of you. And it's up to you if you're going to share that story. Stories everywhere. Can't get away from it. And I'm so happy that we can't because I love story. I love looking at characters and plots and themes and how we're always playing things out and we're always invited to learn more. Each day can build on the previous if we're open to the idea that we are here to keep learning more. And maybe that's why I spent so much time interviewing authors. I haven't brought that many to the show in 2020, but in the past and on previous shows even, I've had even weekly broadcasts where it was one author after another sharing how they put together their stories and why and what sort of difference they wanted to make in the world. Lately, this show has evolved into more of a classroom setting. And today in our classroom, we will be talking about the hero's journey and moving a little further on down the path than we have in the past. We're going to take a look at six archetypes, and we're also going to look at how they, how they match up with each other, but how archetypes also call us to step into our next level of being. So we're going to get a little technical here, but I'm going to make it as fun for you as possible because I really feel that when you are in touch with archetypes, you have more choices available to you. And we all like that, right? We all like choice. We all like more freedom. So thank you for tuning in today. Some of you have let me know that you're listening live. So I want to say hello to Ellen and to Rebecca and to Scott. I also want to say hello to Rob and hello, Antonio. And hello, Ma, Ma, I'm sorry. Hello, Mariah. And hello, Melinda. I also want to say hello to Lydia. And I want to say hello to Adam and to Roger. Thank you so much for letting me know that you are listening in live. And if you decide that you want to call in or write in, I will be right here for you. I always have my Facebook page open. And that is under my, it's my personal page. So that's under my name, Debbie Handrich. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H, Debbie Handrich. 
And we'll be taking your calls and your questions here for the full hour. And I already have a comment from Scott, so I'll be speaking to that. And it looks like I've got someone on Facebook Messenger who's typing away right now. So we'll see if that is related to today's show. Like I said, we're going to journey a little further down the path of the hero's journey. And who who out there is new to this notion, the hero's journey? Basically, this is the journey of, of finding and expressing your truest self. It's It's basically about awakening to all that you are, and it's about making a commitment to contributing in some way. Usually, that's a way that really aligns with your values. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I just had to get a little water there. When we are on our hero's journey... We know we're on it because we are confronted, shall we say, with those values. They, they kind of pop up in front of us. And values ask us to show up bigger, stronger, with more courage, with more compassion. Values often ask us where are we exercising our resilience and our independence Sometimes our values are asking us how we can operate with more faith or with more personal power. When you know what you value, you start to align with the notion that the hero's journey is a series of journeys. It's not just one, one life, one journey but that there's a series of journeys that go on in your life. For example, I noticed that when a friend of mine, Kay, she decided at a very young age, in fact, I, I don't think we were of legal age yet, she decided at a very young age she was no longer going to partake in alcohol, and she claimed a sober life for herself. That took her on quite a journey starting at age 19 or 20. She just decided that there had been too much going on in her family life for her to have this as a part of her life as an adult. She had also made quite a bit of mistake with alcohol in her teenage life. And so she made that claim and she stepped into the journey, the heroic journey of awakening to more of herself by deciding she wanted to live her adult life sober. And at the age of 54, she has kept that promise to herself. She has never turned back from her promise at age 19 or 20 that she wanted to live a sober life. Now that has taken her through a journey, even though age 20 to 54 is not the totality of her life. She's been on a particular journey with her sobriety and different 
what I'm going to introduce to you as archetypes, characters, basically, that she has lived out during this journey. Another example of being on a heroic journey sometimes happens if you are, for example, at a job. And maybe you come in as an apprentice of the job and you work your way up. And maybe by year 10, you are the boss of that company. There's been enough turnover, enough change in authority, enough training and leadership bestowed to you that you are now the boss. Well, you're in a very different stage now of your journey. But this is your work journey, and you've taken on different characteristics as you've gone through it. Another thing I could talk to you about is your heroic journey as a father or as a mother. And you know that those, those first five years, they have little parts to them, and the next five years have other little parts to them. Things are very, very different when you become an empty nester because you're still a parent, but things are shifting wildly as your child is possibly leaving the nest and your role is changing. As those roles change, you are still embarking on a journey, but what is really shifting is the archetype you are living through. So what I want you to see is that while you live this one fabulous life, you might be on more, you might, you might be experiencing more than one journey throughout your life. I would say you are. Now it gets a little tricky if you start to see everything that you do as a separate journey. That, that can make it a little tricky. So if you say, aha, here I am at age, I don't know, I'm at age 40. So I'm on one journey as a mother and I'm on another journey as a worker and I'm on another journey as a wife and I'm on another journey as a sister and I'm on another journey as a nurse. And I'm on a, you know, if you, if you break every single bit of your life into separate journeys, that could get kind of tricky. So what I want you to think about when we talk about the heroic journey is that you are the hero in your own journey and you are needed heroically in one area at a time. So it doesn't behoove you to have to be the hero at work, as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as a politician, as a community member. That, that's too many places to be a hero. So that can help you when you know that. That can help you realize what journey is really being highlighted in your life. It's the one where you are being called to something very big. And that's what we're really going to focus on today. So 
we're going to talk about archetypes. Mm, that's kind of a fancy word. We're going to get into a little bit about the, the plot structure of your life. We're going to talk about some of the gifts that each archetype brings forward. And we're, we're just going to, we're just going to play with this. Like I said, I, I love the idea that our time together is sort of classroom time. And if you want more classroom time, it's easy to have. I have two Facebook groups going on right now. One is completely free where you get to dabble with the idea of picking up writing or picking up giving speeches or just kind of sitting in the background and seeing what it's like to be more expressive in your life. That's one of my free Facebook groups. It's called Get Writing. Just ask me to join and I'll let you in. And then I have a paid Facebook group that is $79 for members and it's called the Golden Threads Workshop. And this is where I am taking about 20 nuggets from my signature writing program, and I'm condensing them way, 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 way down. So you get an opportunity to find out more about the classes I offer, but there's real no commitment to homework unless you want to. And there's no coaching sessions, nothing like that. But I do show up live and I offer 20 live segments of golden little lessons that I've condensed way, way down. If that inspires you, it's $79. And again, you can just contact me on Facebook at Debbie Handrich. It's D-E-B-B-Y. Handrich is just like it sounds. H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. So that's two fun places where we go deeper. We're also going to go deeper after we take this first commercial break. So we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Lenore with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. While coronavirus infections could go down over the next few months, we're still headed into flu season. Millions of Americans will be affected by the flu. But the good news is that we do have a safe and effective vaccine. But sadly, too many people go unvaccinated, especially African Americans. For more about flu vaccine, talk to your doctor or visit aawellnessproject.org. 
Hello, I'm Nathan Mum. Join me and Mike Gorday as we host a weekly technology show that talks about technology for the everyday common person. We are a live radio program that airs Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. If you go to facebook.com forward slash techtimeradio, youtube.com forward slash techtimeradio, or twitch.tv forward slash techtimeradio, you can catch us live Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. You can find us at all podcast services online from Apple to Google and everything in between. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today and joining me for this topic as we travel further along the hero's journey. And we're going to learn about archetypes today. And I would love to take your questions if this spurs something that you would like to discuss. So what is an archetype? That sounds so wild and crazy. I was a literature major and I loved mythology. I I loved this opportunity to dive into self-development. An archetype I came to understand was that deepest pattern of our psychology and also our unconscious thinking. And that I'm quoting Carol Pearson here, uh, a great philosopher of archetypes. She says, your archetype is your deepest patterns that are your psychology and your unconscious thinking. So what we're looking at is, how do these archetypes play out? And today I've, I've got six prepared to talk about. I'm not sure if we're going to have time for all of them, but hopefully, hopefully we will. What I learned from being a literature major and then teaching my college students for 20 years was that the myths that we looked at were always showing us how we could understand the social constructs we live in even better. And we could understand ourself and the people around us as characters. I like this notion. I always feel like you can sort of free yourself up when you become a little more conscious of archetypes, but also conscious of how you relate to them. Because it, it just gives you a little bit more choice about your own direction in life. So let's just, let's just play this out for a moment here. I want you to think about the notion that, uh, let's, it's so hard when I don't have a chalkboard. So just imagine right now that we're going to journey through one person's life. We're going to think about one person from birth to death, and we're going to think about the idea that they might travel through six character developments, okay? So right away, an infant is deeply different from an elder, But if you've taken care of an elder, you could say you might think that an elder and an 
an infant actually have a thing or two in common. That's the archetype coming through. You might think that a toddler and a 40-year-old are very different, but if you go through a midlife crisis around the age of 40, (laughs) you're going to notice that certain characteristics play out. So let's just think about the idea that archetypes are played out through our life, but there are times when they're sort of called back. In the earliest stage of our life, our archetype is called an orphan, and it builds all the way to the elder stage of an archetype called a magician. At the same time, what I want you to know is that there's different situations that you're going to feel like an orphan. And in different situations, you're going to feel more like the magician. Circumstances that are going on in life. Is that making sense so far? I hope so. So let's just think about it in terms of one life, one baby growing the way into elders, and I'm going to introduce these six archetypes to you. It starts at the, those earliest days, and think about the idea that a baby is very innocent and is very trusting. A baby is one that we give, we give all grace to. A baby can do no wrong. We don't have high expectations of a baby. And in some way, a baby will start to fall from our graces and we'll start to say no to that baby. And it's it's kind of like the Adam and Eve story in the Bible where, where we see Adam and Eve being so innocent until mm, they're not, you know, they're, they're introduced to temptation. So the hero's journey really starts right there, right there, that first intersection of temptation where the little orphaned baby, I'm sorry, the little infant baby is sort of falling from the, the graces of their parents and the parents are starting to say no or bad, or wrong. Usually, you know, child is still very young. This is experienced as the orphaned archetype. It's it's that first experience of pain, that first experience of, oh no, I am causing disappointment. The orphan archetype is the first, it's the most innocent, it's the youngest, It's that notion that I'm causing pain, I'm disappointing. So you can imagine that there are all kinds of stages and all kinds of situations where that could come up again. So that's just one type, the orphan. But as that child moves along throughout life, that child is going to start to have experiences like maybe school or they're going to learn more rules about life. 
And they're going to make decisions like this is fascinating or this is boring or I want to do more. And one thing I remember <laughs> as a, a very young I want to by myself. I, I can remember being, gosh, like four years old. And I remember sitting on the stool in the kitchen and my mother and I were supposed to go somewhere. And I just decided, you know, I was very strong willed. I just decided we weren't going anywhere. We weren't leaving the house until she taught me how to tie my own shoe. Now, this is a new archetype being birthed. This is what we call the wanderer. And this is the one that isn't going to tolerate anymore that everybody does things for them. The wanderer is the one that really finds boredom in everything being done for them. And they, they want out. They want to start adventuring life. So the gift to the wanderer is that they start to find independence just like the orphan archetype, the younger one, um, that orphan was starting to find out what it means to survive through pain and disappointment. So, so they have this gift of resilience. So you see, we start by sort of being orphaned into the world on our journey. And then we work into the sense of, actually, I... I want to wander this world more freely and we we become that second archetype that wanderer. But it keeps going. At some point it's not enough to just survive the world or just wander through the world. At some point we want to gain skills and we're ready to sort of face things on our own. And we start to develop our courage. And this is called the third archetype or the, the warrior. And the warrior's gift to the world is that they are developing their courage. Yeah. So let's just stop there because this is radio. This is not a real classroom with a chalkboard and the opportunity to put your hand in the air and ask questions and all of that good stuff. Let's just pause right there. We've got this, these three that are consecutively developing. So what I want you to think about is that there are points in your life where you probably weren't a baby anymore, but you relate to the idea of being orphaned again. You were, so, so a reminder, you are in that mode where you're really surviving, you're really facing the fact that you, you're either disappointing yourself or disappointing others. And this is making you more resilient. I know that as, as people in my college writing classes would, you know, they would have deadlines they were back, some of them, in that orphan archetype because I was the teacher and I had certain expectations of when they needed to turn things in. And if they were late 
or if they simply hadn't done the assignment, they'd have to show up with their tail between their legs and say, you know, I, I'm wondering if I could have another chance. And they were basically looking me in the eye and trying to survive a little humiliation of disappointment and, and, and figuring out if they could be resilient this second time and actually meet the deadline and do what was required. I was always a little uncomfortable with that because as a teacher, you have to enforce boundaries like this. It's, it's your job to teach younger people how to follow through. But in doing so, there was usually about, I mean, this always surprised me, somewhere between 10 and 30% of the people, the students that would fall into that orphan archetype, that place of, oh, I'm going to let my teacher down. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to disappoint her. I'm not going to come through. I'm not going to do it the way it was expected of me. And, and, and they really have to survive through that and, and get humble and find their way to have a second chance and try again. But being a student is not the only place that an orphan archetype comes up, just as any of the other ones. So let's take a look now again at that, at that second archetype, just for fun. Where have you been the wanderer? Where have you been that person that was in that second stage where you you were confronting your boredom? You were confronting the fact that you're not so challenged anymore. And this is leading you to want more independence. You want more. And usually that means you want to set your eyes on new sites. You want a new job. You want to break free. There's something that you're up against. And for the wanderer, it's an opportunity to be thoughtfully independent as opposed to just running away. That archetype teaches people how to be grounded, and yet how to also have a new experience. So, for example, you might see this at work, where you go to the boss and you say, hey, I have been working in data processing for X number of months, and I think I've done well. But now I would like to move up to the next level and be challenged a little bit more. Are there any openings? You see, that is a very wise but independent action for that wanderer archetype to take. They're they're being self-motivated into wandering away from their boredom, but wandering into something that promotes them. And let's say they get it. Let's say they're told, yes, as a matter of fact, we have a new job that is just opening up and we'd like to offer it to you. Now that person is 
elevated and challenged into the third archetype where they get to be the warrior. And this is where the person is deciding that new goals are being presented, that they, they want to be courageous and embark on, on more skills. So they have to learn how to ask for help, but they also have to learn how to be responsible and accountable and carry out that new order in their life. So for my writers, for people going through my signature writing program, this is where they say, okay, I am committed to taking on a daily practice with my writing. I was just talking with my, my private student, Rebecca, and she said, wow, it's fascinating to find out I don't have to write eight hours a day. And I remembered, oh, I didn't tell her that she wouldn't have to write eight hours, <laughs> eight hours a day. Um, but that's a common thing that people assume. I'm, I'm now at that point of being a warrior in my writing life. I have matured to this place. I will have a daily practice with my writing. And there's an assumption that since we're we're used to working eight-hour days, we are going to write for eight hours a day. But no, I encourage people to start with 12 minutes. And then we build up to 30 and most people hang out at 30 for a little while, and then they find themselves naturally moving into an hour. And some people have more time than an hour. But I have yet to ever encourage someone that as the warrior, being courageous as a new writer, that they need to take on eight hours a day. In fact, I've never encouraged any writer at any stage to take on eight hours a day. If you want to, and you really believe that your best will come out by doing it, have at it. But I can tell you that in my days walking this planet, <laughs> I, I am not that person. So it certainly is not something that I encourage. Is this starting to help you see how Different archetypes are played out at different times in your life. It These words are big, you know, archetypes and myths and literature. And, and these ideas start to feel really big. But what I want you to see is that you can only play out one archetype at a time. And it's the one that is usually challenging you the most. It's tapping on your shoulder and saying, now, now is the time to be more of a warrior and to step into that promotion. Or now is the time to be more of the wanderer and to step into more independence. You see? Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to see what Scott is up to. And it looks like Adam has something to say. So stay tuned. We're going to come right back. Hi. 
Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. we're back for the last segment of story you we're talking about archetypes today i think this is really important for any writer because it is it is something that over thousands of years has been studied the archetypes how we step into them in different stages of our life but how we also journey through them because our culture and our situations are asking us basically to rise up and move on and evolve into the next levels. In my private Facebook group, we've been talking about writing our mission statements, really looking at our purpose as writers. And Scott wrote in, And he said that while he was doing his, he was feeling really inspired to think about his favorite authors and influences. He said, I came up with this. Ray Bradbury meets Kurt Vonnegut, who meets Paulo Coelho, who meets Saint Von 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 Von. You know the guy. I can't really say his name, but he wrote The Little Prince. Fabulous book. You must read it. And he meets Jack Kerouac, who meets Eckhart Tolle, who meets Aristotle, and you bundle them all into one and call those all authors who have deeply influenced his life. He says, they've also influenced my writing style. There are many more, but these are a few of the best that came into my consciousness. Influencers and mentors may not be archetypes themselves, but they most certainly can help a creative spirit like me develop one. I'm very interested in what you have to say today about archetypes. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. You know what I find interesting is that as a writer, as a writer, a lot of these people are showing up in a particular archetype. For example, I have not read a lot of uh, Jack Kerouac, but I'm guessing that there's a certain amount of wandering, adventuring, and independence in his writing. So while he is writing, he is answering the call of leaning deeply into a particular archetype. Or maybe Eckhart Tolle, another person you mentioned here. I would say Eckhart Tolle is leaning deeply into the magician archetype, who we are going to get to in a moment. Um, I also want to acknowledge Adam, who has written in and says, 
What a fascinating topic, archetypes. Can your marriage be a heroic journey? And if so, might one live out a certain archetype by being a good husband? Wow, Adam, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yes, yes, your can be a hero's journey in and of itself. And what you'll find is that your archetype matches your partners. And I don't mean match like you are an orphan, so therefore they are an orphan. I don't mean that. I mean, it matches in the sense that whatever archetype you are, matches up really well with another archetype. So let me let me talk about this just a little bit more. And Adam, you let me know if this makes sense to you. So we were just talking about the warrior, the warrior who is courageous, is on his path, is, is taking on new skills and goals. When he is elevated, when, when she, he is elevated to that next level, it's usually because it's time to gather just a little more sense of greater good. So we're moving beyond the notion now on the hero's journey that we've We've been an orphan that has survived. We've been the wanderer who's found a little independence. We've been the warrior who's coming into more skill and courage. But now it's time to think beyond just the self. And there is the fourth archetype, the altruist. Now, the altruist is thinking about the greater good and how she or he might have to make certain sacrifices of herself so that the greater good can come around. And this is often the gift of compassion that is shown through this archetype. Now, what I want to say, Adam, right here is notice that the warrior and the altruist, they're, they're neck and neck, right? one precedes the other. Well, what I want you to notice is that a lot of warriors need altruists, and a lot of altruists need warriors. And that's what I meant when I said that, yes, I think your marriage can be a heroic journey. Adam, if you didn't happen to catch it, go back to, uh, is it May... Ooh, just a couple weeks ago, was it May 3rd, something like that? Um, we, we had a love coach on and we talked about exactly this. So I hope you catch that episode. The, the warrior is very courageous and is, is really thinking about self. But to balance that out, an altruist might come along and partner with the warrior and show the warrior that thinking about the greater good behooves him or behooves her because it, it doesn't just end with us, right? We don't become 
married to only satisfy ourselves. We do it to satisfy a spouse. We don't build family to just satisfy ourselves. We do it to satisfy more human beings, a, a mini community. And that leads us into schools and maybe even church and the neighborhood or a larger community. The altruist is concerned with that, the greater good, not just me, the wife in the marriage, but also me, the person who is reaching out and networking and showing compassion and commitment for something beyond self. And by doing that, we're ready for the fifth archetype. And it might surprise you, this archetype is called the innocent. I find that to be a really interesting term there, the innocent. It is this one that is acting on faith. It's the one that has been more altruistic, more compassionate, committed, but now understands that as the world open up, as, as opportunity, you could say, is opening up, maybe, maybe this person is looking to Oh, what could this person be up to? Maybe this person is going to do something grand, like start a school. Or maybe this person is going to do something grand for the family, like buy uh, the forever home. There's a lot of faith that goes into that because you're, you're bringing an idea into form. You have an idea. I want to grow my family. I need to find a form, a home. So there's a lot of faith that goes into that. You're now in the fifth archetype where, where there is a certain innocent energy where you put a lot of faith. You go through a lot of processing and you, you really are that one that allows. You're in a state of allowing, not pushing up against, but allowing the new to come along. And if you make it through that, you get to this sixth archetype. And we call this the magician. And the magician is really transforming all that they've been. They're now on a higher level and they're, they're able to lead. They're able to be very intuitive. They're able to be very honoring. You could say that the magician is now living out their personal power and they're also able to acknowledge the powers of others. And if a person works through these six archetypes, and my guess is that many of you have, that, that you can look back on some situation. Maybe it is a marriage. Maybe it is a career. Maybe it is something you battled. 
where you came in as an orphan that was really suffering and really had to find your resilience. I would I would say that my friend Kay that I mentioned in the beginning, she has been through all these stages in her sobriety. She has been the orphan that survived the notion that she was disappointing people through her drinking. She has been the wanderer that has had to find a new freedom and a new way of experiencing life, taking on more. She's been the warrior who has said there are skills to living a sober life. I'm going to have to find a way to be courageous and meet up against my enemies and the challenges that scare me. She's been the altruist who has found her compassion and her commitment to staying sober because she knew it would serve a greater good. She's come back to her innocence where she's found happiness and opportunity in that sober life where she's had to act on faith and build bigger things like be a mentor to others that are going through it. And I would say she is currently in a magician stage where she is really understanding what is her personal power as someone that has 30 years of sobriety. Actually, I think she's in her 34th year of sobriety now. And being sober has transformed her life and others. Do you see that pattern? When you do that in one aspect, one theme of your life, it is not uncommon to be called forward in some other area of your life to do it as well. I'll tell you this, my writers that decide that they want to write their book, they want to start their blog, they want to up-level their brand, they want to put together their curriculum, they're doing exactly this stuff. They're living out the archetypes until they come to that point where they are that magician. They are the one that transformed. If you want to know more about this, I encourage you to get in touch with me at coachdebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. I work with people one-on-one and in programs, and we are coming up on a time where my doors are open for enrollment. They will close in June and stay closed through the summer. So now is the time to act. If you are thinking that a new heroic journey, maybe a writing journey and some new archetypes are exactly the courageous path you want to step into, I would love to support you there. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Story You. I come to you every Thursday live. Until next week, my friends, namaste. Mm-hmm.